0: Hi there, ladies and gents. It's Dan from Adventure More UK. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Catch you on the Flip Side. Today's special guest is a filmmaker, philanthropist, and an adventure photographer. The man is Mr. Alex Hillary. How's it going, mate?
1: Pretty good. Thank you for having me.
0: Not, uh, I appreciate it, mate. I know um, for people that don't know, you're obviously on the complete opposite side of the world in New Zealand. So I appreciate you getting up relatively early to come and uh, oh. do this podcast.
1: It's, it's not uh, too are, bad. You, are you an early bird
0: are you an um, early bird or
1: um yeah i tend to be an early bird um and it's it's really not that bad because a couple of days ago i was getting up at four thirty in the morning for an adventure race so eight thirty 30 is ah, yeah. quite
0: literally no uh, no that's good that's good so um just first of all for people that don't know like for people that are in sort of the adventure sort of circuit or r- world may recognize your last name now for people yeah. that don't Do you want to quickly explain why your name is quite or very popular in this in the outdoor adventure world? Oh well, in in
1: 1953, my my grandfather he um, went to Nepal, and well, he actually was there beforehand, but he climbed Everest with with Tenzing Norgay, and he was the first person to to reach the summit. So that's where most people will know know his name from.
0: Yeah, yeah. So obviously, for people like Sir Edmund Hillary, like that that for, for people that don't know he's like the god of all uh, <laughs> of all mountaineering exploration I, I i i feel that anyway um and like i said being being a child like cause how, how old were you when he passed away so
1: i was quite young i was 12. 12 okay
0: and a half, so yeah. we we used to were you like because obviously growing up in that environment because i know your dad did a, obviously followed a little bit in his footsteps as well yeah so doing adventure that must have been like inevitable like you must have just not been able to get away from it or is it something you actually wanted to do
1: it's it's definitely something i wanted to do but um my my father in particular was was very determined not to to force it upon me um yeah so you know he didn't drag me up a mountain at the age of five sort of thing yeah Um, yeah it actually took me sort of saying i'm going climbing with crampons and an axe are you coming with me and then he went all right and then we went yeah. but it's you know adventure has been a part of my life and my childhood running around the yeah. rocks on the west coast of new zealand all sorts of crazy stuff yeah, um, yeah but yeah it is adventure is is i i think the obligation of being a hillary
0: <laughs> yeah no, i was gonna say like you, you can't really get away from it yeah. uh it's like if you're if you're like i don't know lionel messi's son you're, you're probably going to be a footballer when you're older well, but, maybe, but that's the maybe. thing.
1: As most people expect, you know, me to be a mountaineer, but I, I wouldn't actually describe myself as a mountaineer. More an adventurer. I, I yeah. you know, love going on kayaking trips, on you know, running trips, and all sorts of different yeah. things. Um, and so did yeah, I.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now, obviously, that's probably a good. way. I was thinking about it, that's probably a good way of putting it. Being an adventurer, because adventure is a, a kind of a. It's not a cliche term, but it's it's a like people when they say adventure, like I always say to people, it doesn't mean that you have to go and climb mountains and you go and swim the chat, you know, the English Channel or whatever it yeah. may be. Yeah. Adventure for some people could be going outside and walking the dog for a couple of miles. You know. Exactly. You know, it's it's all it's all sort of like what people's perception of adventure is. Yeah. And that's what I say to a lot of people, but obviously there's extremes of that. You know, I spoke. To, I've spoke to people who, uh, you know, have swam the English Channel. They've, you know, they've sailed around the world or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I know, I know what you do. You do, you do a multitude of things, really. Now, something I I read about is you do, you well, you, you I think you you class yourself as a multi-role designer. Is yeah. that is that something? What so again? What what for for people that don't know? What what would you say that includes?
1: Well, I have quite a diverse range of of things I do. I freelance in industrial design. So I I studied industrial design and you kind of learn graphic design, product design, um, everything through to service design. And so those are the sort of things I I practice now. And now a lot of my work is in in videography and film. So um, I kind of toss that all together under the multi-role designer
0: uh, (laughs) title. Do you, do you have like a a go to like a favorite like like for me like I I I'm trying to get my head into sort of f- uh, film or uh, videography and stuff like that, okay. but I'm 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 more sort of accustomed to f- f- uh, photography, but I'm also trying a bit at you know design and stuff like that and product design, but is there something that you kind of prefer more than the others?
1: Oh, I I love storytelling. Um, yeah. so I, I do find photography is, is one of my real passions because yeah. um, it enables me to engage with a whole lot of really interesting stories whether that be something in, in the mountains and the outer doors or it be you know um, a sports program or a design program or something um, yeah. and it, enga- it allows you to engage with the story and tell the story um, but also you know allows you to experience it quite a lot. Whereas when you transition to sort of creating film, um, it yeah. becomes a lot more demanding. So that's yeah. why I like the photography. I prefer that. Um, yeah.
0: But yeah. So, yeah, I'm the same. Like, I think f- uh, it's obviously all about, con, like, content, really. Like, I know, you know, there'll be people who pu- spend thousands and thousands of pounds, dollars, whatever it may be, on film equipment, camera gear, but... it you can take good photos with like a phone or whatever it may be it's all about what's in the frame i think like you, if you have a 10000 dollar you know canon doesn't mean you're going to take an award winning photo, uh, photo exactly know. Exactly, and and that's 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 how I look at it like I don't have the most expensive camera in the world but I've you know when I was traveling around Australia I got some really good photos I one thing I do love about the southern hemisphere about Australia and and particularly in New Zealand is the the skies the night skies especially because I like to do I like to test myself with astro astrophotography yeah fantastic and I feel I feel like obviously in the UK and, and and probably most of Europe it's quite condensed it's quite populated so the night skies are not that great Mm. um and when I was over in New Zealand Australia I got some amazing photos you know one of them photos you look at and you think oh man I I actually took that photo yeah and it's kind of it's kind of like it kind of spurs you to do more but the thing is like people don't realize I don't know if you're the same like I took a photo uh in australia and i loads of people say oh mate that's amazing you should put it on a canvas you should do this you should do, do that but people don't realize that was about 300 photos in right it was literally yeah. like i was about 11 o'clock midnight something like that and it's about 300 photos maybe two hours later yeah and and, and do you do, you, do you, what's your sort of medium when it comes to photography do you have a particular medium
1: uh what do you mean by medium
0: i mean so like like obviously for me like i'd like to do landscapes so it's anything oh yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah, no no i I love landscapes um because for for me that's that's a big part of why i go out there you know i want to i want to go on a a trip and you know it might be a a pack crafting sort of climbing trip but it's all about that those are the tools that enable me to get to this this place that i really want to visit you know might be some um, rocky outcrops on a like subalpine tussock plateau you know that's what i want to go yeah. see and that's what i want to photograph um but then i think you know a byproduct of that is you you end up doing a lot of really cool activities and so i'd yeah. say that that landscape and that adventure photography um i really enjoy
0: yeah yeah um so for yourself do you do you spend a lot of time with other people or do you prefer being by yourself when you're doing stuff like this
1: oh look if i do um like you know the the tour de Mont Blanc or, or, or a trail i'll, I'll often go yeah. on my own so i can get go lightweight yeah. and move really fast um and you know the risk is quite low on things like that um yeah yeah but you know i recently did a trip into the olivine ice plateau which is one of new zealand's you know most most remote locations in the whole country yeah um and it's a pretty brutal you know it's it's brutal terrain uh, it's you know it's huge steep rocky bluffs and just going there on your own is is, is a no-go um you've got yeah, to go yeah. with a go got to go with a climbing partner so with a lot of those kind of things yeah you always you always go in a in a group
0: yeah no i, I like on that side of it i can understand like like you say when you've got low risk sort of stuff like when i say uh it, the tour de mont blanc um i you know i went with a friend but you could like you say you did it by yourself yeah but like you say, if you're going and doing some extreme mountaineering, like if you're climbing, you know, even going up to like base camp or even somewhere in Europe, even going probably up to Mont Blanc itself, it's not a good idea going by yourself. Um, as much as there is, there's a lot of people that do it. Like, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people who go, but they're not necessarily with you. Yeah. They'll just be like, it's quite, um, it's quite, what's the word? It's quite, uh, tra- that the traffic's quite high. And I mean, yeah. like, with people walking it and stuff. Um, do you have like a particular place in the world, or like let's say in New Zealand to start with, do you have a particular place in New Zealand that you love going to?
1: Uh, the, the Fiordland and, and Mount Aspiring National Parks, I just think are, yeah. are you know, two of the most incredible places in the world. Um, yeah. And you know, they're visited in many places by a lot of people, but then there are mm. huge, vast swathes of country where just no one goes. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I find it fascinating and frankly addicting to just like pursue those those little locations because they can be really really hard to get to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because um, obviously a lot of people will know that you know New Zealand is probably one of the adventure capitals of the world. I think. Obviously oh, yeah. you've got your bigger you've got your bigger places like you go Nepal and stuff like that with the Himalayas. But for ease of access and and just sort of like. In 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 one country as small as New Zealand is, you can have big you know roaring cities like Auckland or Wellington. Yeah. But then yeah. you can go down to the the glaciers and go snowboard uh, snowboarding skiing, and you, and basically everything in between. And that's yeah. something I loved about I loved about it. I loved I loved uh, going to New Zealand because of that reason.
1: Yeah. No, the variety and, and contrast is is fantastic. Um, and you know I've I've been traveling a lot over the past couple of years and and covid has yep. you know has settled me back in New Zealand um for a while yep. and yeah
0: honestly I couldn't be happier
1: it's 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 yep. fantastic
0: Yeah yeah so do you do you obviously sort of pre covid do you pre- prefer like you're obviously, obviously you've been adventuring all over the world or, or do you actually prefer being in your own sort of being in New Zealand
1: I do yeah um like i've had this you know huge thirst to to go and and then see you know all sorts of places like patagonia and, and the himalayas and, and the alps in yeah. europe um yeah but there is just so much to do here in new zealand so yeah i've i've really come round and and come back to home i think um recently
0: yeah yeah i, I it's funny actually saying that because i spoke to someone earlier about um same for same for the uk yeah now have have you, have you been to the uk before
1: I have, but I've haven't done nearly as much sort of outdoor stuff as I'd I'd like to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I feel like so for instance when I was in Australia, like people would say, Oh, I'd ask the same question and say, Oh, have you ever been to the UK? And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and I'm like, Oh, where did you go? Like, oh I've been to London. I'm like Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, but that's not that's not the UK. That's that's just London. Yeah. That's a very small part of it. Especially in the sort of uh interests that we have. You know yeah. you could go to the lake district peak district scotland wales you know and there's so yeah. many other places that's like me coming to you and saying i've been to new zealand i've been to auckland yep, exactly. Right. That's, yeah exactly that's 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 it yeah um, i haven't
1: been to any of the places you just listed so it's really it's very high well, on my list of priorities to get back there and, oh well yeah
0: well if, if we if we do get the opportunity i'll I'll, uh, I'll i'll take you up there one day i live nearer to the lake district than probably most of the other places Uh, so that's that's the nearest place I live Uh, but yeah definitely like and going back to obviously I've probably not been to a nowhere near amount of places you've been but I have been over the last sort of 10 years since I left the military Uh, I've been to quite a few places over over the years but there's they always say there's no place like home and especially for like I feel I feel like New Zealand and the UK are very very similar uh, in this way that we are as in we don't have I suppose, actually, I suppose we do have glaciers and s- snowboarding, but obviously up in the winter in, in Scotland and stuff like that. But we, I, I suppose we are very similar. Um, I, I feel like it, it's kind of like, obviously, uh, being New Zealand, being a lot smaller, a lot smaller in population. Uh, but I feel like we are very similar in that, that aspect yeah. of adventure.
1: Well, I think, it's, I think it's something that comes of, of being an island nation, I suppose. It's a relatively yeah. small island yeah. nation, both in terms of, of, you know, your environment, but also sort of the, the attitude of, of people. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, you know, in New Zealand, there's a huge outdoor culture. And I, I think there's, well, you know, the UK has been the pioneering, you know, country for mountaineering, um, you know, yeah. s- since the conception of it, really. Um, I was reading a yeah. book by Robert McFarlane about that, how it was all Brits traveling into the Alps yeah. that were exploring the mountains and sort of creating mountaineering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, do it. Obviously there's a lot to be said about, obviously about British mountaineering. Um, but yeah, and if we go back to what, what he was saying earlier, like end of the day, that the pioneer of mountaineering is obviously your granddad, like, it it's, it's, like if if someone was to mention his name, that like everyone knows what you know what he what he did, I, I would and it's gonna for me personally, um, mm. I would say he is on the same level but in a slightly different aspect of nature and wildlife and, and what have you of David Attenborough. I personally think, like from yeah. for my from my personal point of view, um, and obviously people who are into the their adventure and exploration and stuff. Would consider him to be on the same pot of power. Yeah. Obviously, they're probably they were actually not far off. Probably a similar age, weren't they? Or be it, you know, a few years.
1: um Yeah. I so he died at the. I think he'd be a little bit older than, than yeah. David Edinburgh. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I do find that quite interesting because I, I wouldn't say Ed was a pioneer of mountaineering, as such. Okay. Um, he he, but he was, I think uniquely positioned um he he was fascinated by technology by the the oxygen setups you know the new down jackets and then in antarctica you know tractors and sort of utilizing tech um and then with his philanthropy in nepal bringing aircraft in um and so it was that sort of appreciation of technology that enabled him um to have all his successes in the himalayas and in antarctica and um so he wasn't you know designing these new oxygen setups but i think he really embraced them and and learned how to use them really well um yeah yeah and you know it was quite successful history tells i suppose
0: yeah yeah um which brings me on to the um well it's the edmund hillary collection that you're a part of as well um so for people who don't again people who don't know what that is do you want to quickly explain what, what it is so
1: my family were approached um by some some businessmen in the new, Ze- in new zealand um about creating a brand that sort of embodied um i guess the ethos of of ed and yeah. and what he stood for and so it's it's a clothing brand um creating sort of adventure inclined clothing so it's it's not your yeah. you know hardcore gore-tex mountaineering you know down jackets yeah. it's it's wearable yeah. clothing for around town um, but we've tried to sort of tie- bring together stories um, yeah. of you know Ed's climb. So one of the jackets that the collection has um, is actually made out of the same ventile cotton that's made in the UK that was supplied okay. to the original Everest expedition. So okay. contacted cool. the original factory to create uh, a modern garment for today based on sort yeah. of the same story and the same tech
0: of you know the 50s yeah Yeah, that's pretty cool and and again like what he what he did but probably i know nowadays like you say people use oxygen and they have all the all the gear and, and stuff like that but from what i've seen it seems like he did it with pretty much not bare minimum but like something that people would consider a bit crazy nowadays
1: yeah no, it, it truly is, is fascinating, because um, for a long time we had uh, a lot of his old climbing gear in our family home attic, and as a kid yeah, I'd yeah. go up into the attic and cause chaos and play with you know, old ice axes and boots, yeah. um, and then you know one day the um, Auckland Museum showed up and they decided they would like some of this climbing gear for their collection, so they got out their, their white gloves and picked up the yeah, boots. Yeah and put them in a box and I'd been tossing these around for years but <laughs> now now that I look back at it these boots that they wore were horrible they were heavy yeah, they yeah. were leather they weren't even you know properly sealed the the technology was the best of its day but it was unbelievably primitive and I'm honestly yeah, yeah. constantly flabbergasted by the fact that they were going up this huge mountain into the complete unknown and they had this gear that was just, frankly, really subpar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> from, yeah, from yeah, yeah. From today's from today's perspective, um, but they just did it, and it, it, it's, it's yeah. a true marvel. Like today, we got you know people climb Everest all the time, but you have the best tried and tested gear, you know the route is possible, and you know it's yeah. it's already roped up, um, and so the fact that they did it with the gear they had is is really incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, I read a, an interesting article, because, t- was it that someone actually, you know, in inverted commas, summited Everest before your granddad, but it couldn't prove it, or something like that, I read something so, ab- similar.
1: Yeah, so there's, there's a, there's Mallory and Irvine. so Mallory was yeah, yeah. one of the, you know, really was one of the great pioneers of um, Everest, you know, trying to get yeah. to the top of Everest, so, You know, back in the day, he was heading into Tibet, which was a closed country, um, and he would sneak in and try to explore the northern side of Everest to see if there was a way up, Um, and then again from the south side. And so Mallory and Irvin uh, went up Everest, and they were seen very high on Everest, Um, and then they disappeared. They died on the mountain um okay. and in 2007 i believe um mallory showed up found by conrad Anker, um in a, in a glacier um wow. and so there's this sort of thing of it's look the probability it's, it's extremely unlikely they got to the top you know if, yeah. if ed if ed had primitive gear they had they had nothing yeah um nothing and so yeah. yeah the fact that they got as far as they did is incredible the likelihood they got to the summit's quite low but it is very interesting because somewhere on Mount Everest is Irvin's camera and Irvin himself. Really. Um, and so, you know, it'd be quite interesting to see that camera and if it even, you know, could is totally destroyed or not. But, you know, maybe yeah, they yeah. did get to the summit. Who knows?
0: Yeah, that, that'd actually be really interesting because they'd be old, old film cameras, wouldn't they? So yeah, the, the chances of being able to recover the footage, I, I would, they'd probably be quite reasonable, I would say, because if it's been, you know entrapped in, in a, you know in the glacier for all these all these years yeah i feel like it would be pretty reasonable to say that they could recover the, the you know the photographs potentially that's pretty that's, that's pretty potentially yeah potentially. You just got to find um,
1: a very small needle in a very large everest sized haystack uh,
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely um is it something you've ever thought about doing yourself like because you haven't submitted everest have you or have you
1: i have not Um, and I actually had plans to, to go to Everest, uh, last year. Um, you know, the COVID and and the world had different things to say about that. And now the environment is, is quite uncertain. So I don't know when I'll next be in the Himalayas or, or trying to climb Everest, but, um, yeah, it's definitely something I'm thinking about a lot, uh, in terms of how to, how to make it work and how I would like to climb Everest. Um, yeah that's quite important to me
0: yeah 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 um would you take the more traditional route that say that your granddad did or you're thinking about doing it maybe a slightly different way
1: no no i'd like i'd love to do everest is a fascinating mountain and it's um it's sort of it's simplified so much you know there's so many incredible features to the mountain incredible routes that have been done Mm. and that haven't been done um and people just overlook that for just the little. You know tippy top, yeah um yeah, but no, I would start off uh with that standard route. I'd just like to do it in um a more traditional fashion, um yeah, I'd like to do it more you know self sufficient um I think I would probably use oxygen, but try keep that to yeah. a bare minimum um yeah and yeah, try climb it on my on my own terms
0: that's yeah that would be quite an incredible feat though because I know and his name. Uh, forgives uh, forgives me but um there's a a, a fella who's an old not no is it is an ex uh special forces uh, british special forces operator who he I think he is it, he summited every uh summit above 8000 meters in a oh, I think that, it was a um,
1: ant it's
0: con- uh no you you think you're thinking about middleton aren't you yeah so you're thinking him? of no this this is a is a, a Gurkha gurkha okay. uh, guide uh who's uh, his former special oh. forces
1: normal purger
0: that's the one yeah Nims, is it Nims? they call them? Nims. yeah uh, yeah 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 he he i watched a documentary about him and he did it all by himself well obviously he had times where he had teams but he did it all i think he yeah. did, had no oxygen I, at one point he gave his oxygen tank to a, a ca- i think it was a casualty who was getting rescued down from one of the uh summits yeah and yeah. he'd carried on by himself with the rest of it it's, I think, for people who don't know, who have never sort of witnessed or watched any documentaries on Everest, won't realise the sort of extremities, extremities, of the climate and you know the weather on Everest. Like I've never been, I've not obviously I've never been in that part of the world. It's again, it's on my, it's on my bucket list to go there. Yeah, uh, maybe not at Everest, but I'd be happy with base camp. That I'd be happy with that. But the like we have strong winds etc in the uk but they're really not strong winds you know you're looking at over 100 kilometer hour winds yeah. on everest we're, and we're minus winds six... that'll
1: shred shred tents literally just oh, rip yeah. them apart and throw them into the into the sky
0: yeah absolutely and, and you're looking you know well into the minus sort of 40 50 60 degrees cent, you know centigrade and for for people who haven't been in even nowhere near half of that i can't comprehend how cold that actually is yeah you know um so speaking of cold i, I know you mentioned before about your the antarctic uh, antarctica heritage uh, trust that you now started working alongside um, yeah yeah that's so you, what what is it you actually do with them
1: well so i have i'm an ambassador for the trust um so yeah. i went down to antarctica um well, about two years ago um, we did a yeah. little, a short ca- kayaking trip down there. Um, so we kayaked around, okay. not around the peninsula, but we kayaked in, in different locations along the peninsula. And, um, I guess the idea was, is we wanted to take this group of young, young New Zealanders, um, from all different walks of life and different ages, um, mm. to explore Antarctica, um, and both, both the wildlife, but also the history there, because there's so much rich history and it's quite mm. fascinating because um just the you know Antarctica has the only first house ever built on the continent so we don't know where where the first house ever built was on any continent you know in the world apart from Antarctica and that house is still there um really and so that's what the trust is about is preserving these little pieces of history that are are genuinely frozen in time um and kind of spreading that story
0: yeah. So how, how long ago was the house built?
1: Oh. Um so it's 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 all within, you know, the past 120 years. Um all of that right. stuff has happened. Yeah. 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 I don't know and the that... exact date of that that hub, unfortunately.
0: Oh, that's no, all right. Um now with and have you ever have you would you consider going to uh, Antarctic, like going to the North Pole, et cetera?
1: the Arctic um yes sorry sorry I'd love I'd love to head up to the Arctic actually um yeah that that whole area around Svalbard it just it's fascinating
0: it's actually um when I before I went to Australia one of my goals in life before I turned 30 was to go to Svalbard um but obviously people who don't know where that is it's obviously the big sort of set of islands above sort of where Norway is and, and in the it's obviously part of the Arctic circle yeah and I think is it the highest highest set uh, it's got what it's the highest settlement uh on earth like as I, in as long latitude longitude
1: yeah I, I think that's right yeah most northerly. Yeah, it's yeah
0: northerly yeah it's it's somewhere I've I've looked at um you know doing the old cliche kind of uh tours and stuff like that yeah um because I think for me personally I don't think I'd be able to go and do my, my own thing there um i wouldn't say i'm too confident in doing that
1: well it's but, that's the interesting thing about the arctic is is the antarctic is you know it well the antarctic it's a it's a continent right so yeah, yeah. it has its own sort of ecosystem there's there's quite a there's incredibly interesting weather patterns that's sort of yeah. while it is warming because of climate change it is sort of keeping itself yeah. cool at the same time whereas the arctic yeah. isn't um and the arctic's just sea really and um yeah so it's changing so much up there, and yeah. that's that's why I'm really keen to get out there. Is because you know by the end of our lives, um, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be gone, and you know yeah, recently I, I watched, watched. A, a trip by um, Mike Horn and Borgay Ausland where they crossed it okay. um, in the middle of winter. One of the most incredible, incredible feats. Um, yeah, and yeah, it just becomes it's become infinitely harder in their lifetimes to do to do things out there because now there are more leads more splits in the ice where there's yeah. you know frozen cold you know freezing cold water with all sorts of you know shots in it and yeah um, it's just a changing environment faster than any, any other on the planet
0: yeah yeah but would you say those dangers make it more uh invite not inviting but like it makes people want to do it so much more because obviously people like to sort of test themselves and put themselves right on the sort of line of life and death you not know feel
1: yeah it depends what you get out there for like i, I know True. many people go out there for that risk and that danger and they want to create mm. something very dramatic um yeah and you know if, if that's what you want to do then the arctic's probably yeah. a very good place to do it um yeah but you know for me it's more about exploring wonderful places and so if, if yeah. that danger is part of that that journey, then well cool like that makes it yeah. very exciting and that's that's a challenge you've got to analyze you've got to you know it's it's a physical challenge and it's a mental challenge and um it definitely makes it really really interesting
0: yeah yeah absolutely um so whilst you've been on plenty of your adventures have you been anywhere that you deemed for like could be quite considerably dangerous like if or, or could have turned into danger if yeah. uh is there anything like that you'd come across before well see, see, see thought, that's, it's not it's not good <laughs> that's
1: the interesting thing it's like as you said before you know it's all it's weather you know things can turn things can yeah. be absolute paradise and you can be sitting there having a cup of tea and climbing away happy as larry and then it can just be life or death um yeah. you know last the year before last year rather and in, in 2019 at the end in november december i was climbing an um, okay. which is just you know down from Mount Everest in the in the yeah. um, Everest region of Nepal. And it's yeah. nearly a 7,000 meter mountain, 6,900 meters. Okay. And uh, we were high up on the summit, so we'd been doing some filming. We were camping at Camp 3 on the mountain. So okay. Amadablam uh, essentially means like Mother Locket. Um, so it's the okay. mother mountain of the valley. So when you hike up to Everest Base Camp, there's just this the most beautiful mountain in the world and i know a lot of europeans will say no 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 we have the most beautiful mountain yeah, um, yeah. which is the matterhorn but this is the, yeah, yeah. the the matterhorn of the himalayas and it's okay think, you know twice the size and um yeah. it's got big broad shoulders and it's this huge like incredibly dramatic peak with this hanging yeah. glacier that's just hanging there And it just breaks off and rains ice down onto this huge two and a half thousand three thousand meter drop um incredible mountain and so we were camped right below that de um and yeah there was there was a japanese couple up there who ended up getting incredibly bad altitude sickness um you know so what they were freezing up around the face they you know eyes rolling back into their head losing control of their arms and legs stumbling all over the place um yeah and you know we had we had really nice weather um but things can get really really dangerous and that was that was a big eye-opener for me because i've i've never been in that extreme of a situation myself yeah but to see someone that is just so incapacitated you know it was it was pretty scary and they ended up being long-lined by helicopter out of a camp okay. there at six thousand three hundred meters, um yeah yeah, and so I guess by osmosis, I was sort of yeah, it was a pretty scary situation,
0: yeah, I can imagine i like, obviously from my sort of background, the dangers from where I've obviously been in the military are completely different to what obviously mountaineering, etc but I can kind of understand the kind of like I can't think of a word, but like just the how the sheer sort of like fear of what could and could happen yeah um now obviously when you do do stuff like that does that ever come into your head like do you ever think like this could happen or this could or do you just do it
1: oh no it it definitely goes into my head um like i tend to be uh, i i think a lot about the trips that i'm doing and the risks involved um i think that's really important um because you know you need to be aware of the risks when you're going into something like this, otherwise it's just being yeah. irresponsible and reckless, you know. Yeah, like exactly. The people that rescued that Japanese guy, you know, they were taking yeah. enormous risks to rescue yeah rescue him. So you've you've got to think about what you're getting yourself into. Um Yeah. 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 So I, I definitely it's 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 very much in the forefront of my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so when For instance you're planning these expeditions do you do you you take friends with you or like you know people you go climbing with do you take them quite regularly
1: yeah so that's the interesting thing is it's sort of like it's the constant struggle of finding a climbing partner i suppose Um, yeah yeah you know you gotta organize you know when people are free and where people are and you know skill levels and that sort of thing but i've done actually really lucky to do a lot of stuff with my brother um, okay. so I have a, I have an older, um, stepbrother, half brother, okay. half brother, rather. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, we've done a lot of stuff together and we work really well together as a team. Um, yeah. and I must admit, it's a real joy to climb with them. We were on Amadablam together. And I guess yeah. that, you know, being, you, you're very close as a, as a, you know, as climbing partners, um, mm. no matter what, but as brothers, it, it's also quite nice because you've got that extra connection.
0: Yeah. yeah it's all about i'd suppose it's about trust as well you've got to trust that he can do you know when you know you know stuff does hit the fan then it, it potentially he could well he, he could he'd think he'd be able to help in whatever situation it would be and obviously vice versa
1: exactly yeah
0: yes so i i, I so i think i can understand like for me like climb climbing i do rock climbing and and as and most people will know you can't climb by yourself realistically um not unless you do free soloing which is ridiculous like it's <laughs> it's not it's not it's not another not a thing i fancy getting into but um except obviously we talk a lot about you doing mountaineering and and your adventures and stuff is there anything like do you do, you do anything else like do you do sport any other sports or any other hobbies or interests that you kind of like do that people might not not necessarily know about,
1: oh, look, I think you know the outdoors is a big part of my life, and you know i yeah. I do a a lot of running and training to sort of enable myself to go out and push myself harder in the outdoors, um yeah, but you know i'm I'm just a normal person, so I like you know yeah, gardening, having a veggie garden, um yeah, yeah. Know. I've actually, during COVID, sort of hilariously, I've been getting into um, whistling some spoons and little things for the. Really? Oh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and the out of doors to... is my great passion. It's sort of the thing that brings a lot of quality to my life.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, COVID has brought a, a few interesting things into people's lives. Like for me, I started, um, I started doing jigsaws. Like, nice yeah (laughs) it's it's, people might think that's like what old people do but i quite i quite enjoy it like i started off with some smaller ones don't get me wrong i'm not doing like my nieces sort of pepper pig like things but i'm I'm, I'm doing some (laughs) some some, no some decent ones but um so it's interesting so when you i suppose when you were younger like did do you get treated differently because i'm assuming like in new zealand obviously your granddad would have been pretty much a little, a local celebrity, I would say. So did you get treated differently or did you get treated, did, people didn't really care?
1: Um, yeah, that's that's the interesting thing. Cause you know, like Ed, um, for people that don't know, you know, he's on the $5 note uh, in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And he was the only, you know, New Zealander to ever be on a $5 note while he was alive, um, which must've been okay. quite un- unusual for him, I must admit, but um, yeah, yeah. it was unusual for me too you know because um he he is a big figure in new zealand and and growing up with that um a lot of people are aware um but i think there was something about the new zealand culture you know we're a very laid-back culture um so there wasn't too much fuss um yeah which which was great otherwise it would have been quite difficult um but yeah it definitely definitely was there you know
0: yeah so whereabouts did you grow did you grow up around Auckland or did you grow up a bit further south
1: no no so I actually I grew up in Auckland but um spent a lot of time you know outside of Auckland we'd go on trips every weekend um yeah yeah so I grew up you know in the mountains and on the coast and stuff
0: yeah yeah Yeah. it so when when you was when you were younger i.e when you were at school Mm. did it did you get were you like one of them guys who sort of like people would just want to be your friend because of who you are and who your granddad was or did you not really have that problem or were you like the popular kid
1: no i wouldn't say i was the popular kid um no no i just always wanted to go off and you know run around the yeah. rocks and climb trees and all that sort of stuff um like i guess there, there were things like that where people were, were interested in me because of my family connections but um yeah, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, those sort of relationships never really last very long.
0: Yeah, hey, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 to be fair, like you, you probably sussed that out pretty quickly yeah. if that was the case. So yeah. I, I can understand that. Um, so let with um, you obviously you do a lot of traveling around the world. Is there, for instance, one place you would love to go back to, or is there a place you wouldn't like to go back to? Or
1: both um oh one place i'd love to go back to is um patagonia um okay yeah so so in you know argentina and chile and um, yeah because i went there uh, with a friend of mine um as soon as i left high school so i finished high school and i went to patagonia yeah. and um yeah. it was incredible i was totally unprepared i did a, you know 11 day hike and ran out of food and got extraordinarily hungry hungry um yeah but I was just blown away by the mountains there um and the rivers yeah. and the lakes um you know the yeah. the opportunities for adventure there are just incredible like I'd love to go yeah, do a yeah. pack pack rafting climbing mission up there but at that stage of my life you know all I was really doing was was hiking
0: yeah 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 that's place one place I do want to go to is is that neck you know South America in general yeah um but yeah so is, is there places you probably would not like to go back to Florida Florida really
1: <laughs> no desire to go back to Florida <laughs>
0: no nah, was that is that more of a I, I can I can only assume that wasn't a hiking thing because there isn't it's flat as anything yeah well actually um, yeah,
1: the Everglades would be pretty cool to see but um I, yeah yeah I didn't see the Everglades
0: no 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 that's fair enough um so going forward is there places you want to go and visit that haven't been uh, that maybe I know you mentioned earlier about you wanting to do these uh, the trip that you was meant to do uh, yeah. last year but is there anywhere anything else you, you you're trying to sort of plan uh especially at the moment why i suppose actually sorry going back to like obviously obviously here in the uk we're pretty much like grounded with, mm. because of covid but i believe like you you guys are pretty pretty like it's non-existent now or is it it's oh, very rare uh,
1: we're, we're free as a bird in our little new zealand cage um yeah, like, yeah we can do anything. You don't have to really wear masks. Um, and yeah, yeah we have, we have some COVID and quarantine facilities that, you know, coming yeah. into the country, but no, yeah, yeah. no community transmission. So yeah, there's, you know, New Zealand's open season. So I've been planning all sorts yeah, yeah. of trips around here. Um, yeah, but yeah. definitely are, you know, mulling on some ideas for when things start to open up. Um, yeah. we're very keen to get down to South Georgia at some point. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, for for a must wee, be, wee
0: yeah. trip. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say it must be difficult then, knowing that in New Zealand you can go pretty much wherever you want. Well, you can go anywhere you want, but it's just everyone else around that. Obviously, everyone's closing borders, and you know you're not able to go anywhere. So it must be quite frustrating, really.
1: It look, it was frustrating for me. Um, yeah. You know, when it first started, like it was for everyone. But um, I just yeah. think you've, you've got to, you know, evolve and, and adapt. Um, Absolutely. And, and that's the big thing about mountaineering is, you know, you go, well, okay, I was trying to climb this peak, but, it, you know, the weather means it doesn't work out. So what else can I do? And, yeah. and that's what I'm doing now. You know, I can't climb in the Himalayas, but what else can I do? Well, New Zealand just has a bounty of, of kayaking adventures, bike adventures. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. the plan.
0: Where's your favorite place to go in New Zealand?
1: i think like what, what i said before with Mount aspiring national yeah. park and and Fjordland. yeah yeah um yeah, j- yeah. just because of it's it's unbelievable you know you've got these ancient forests um that are just so lush you know huge gorges incredible rivers yeah. fjords and then you've got this yeah. incredible sub alpine terrain with glaciers and mountains yeah um so yeah the adventure opportunities are limitless i just went on an adventure race um one of my first adventure yeah. races yeah yeah and um how was that oh I got my ass kicked
0: oh really <laughs> yeah
1: yeah um which is incredible because like there's there's such a difference um between you know being being a good mountaineer and being a good adventure racer um and you yeah, know yeah. All, all there's so much variety in how you train for the sports um and you know I I could handle the the country we were going back country through Fjordland for about 150 kilometers um, yeah, yeah. Carrying pack crafts and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I just found I wasn't, you know, myself and, and our team, we weren't moving fast enough. Um, yeah. And these guys that, you know, specifically do adventure races are incredibly quick um, yeah. at just maintaining that, you know, high intensity. Whereas yeah. for what I normally do, which is these longer expeditions, it's more about stamina um, and, you know, just being, you know, slow and steady, really.
0: So, what what sort of like what do you do as like your training nowadays? Like, do you have a particular training plan, or do you just kind of like wing it in a way?
1: Um, So there's a fair amount of winging it because I find um, like the routines can often be quite hard to maintain with me moving around a lot. Um, Yeah. But I definitely like what my you know training bible is um, Steve House and Scott Johnson's training for the new alpinism, um, where they sort of outline um pretty solid uh, you know routines for for training for um high altitude and high altitude sports yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah. so it's it's a lot of running really and sort of um try to do you know strength training as well
0: awesome awesome um now last thing i well one of the last things i want to ask you so i know a lot of people who listen hopefully listen to the podcast uh as I said, I mentioned earlier, about I talk a lot about mental health and stuff like that. Now, when you're on your adventures, I know sometimes you might be by yourself. How mm. do you keep yourself sort of like positive?
1: Well, I think you know you're out. For me, I'm out there, and that's that's where I love to be. Um, yeah, and that that's the thing that gives me the refresh, I suppose. Mm. Um, so, like anyone, you know, I it's mental health is a constant balance you got to find it and you know yeah. during covid last yeah. year i i definitely struggled um yeah and so i know that one of one of the ways that i can i can help my mental health is is by going out into the outer doors and that's i guess that's how yeah it works for me but when i'm out there um yeah sure you have like high points and, and low points and i think it's yeah. um just about addressing it as as an emotion and and not letting yourself get swept away in it, um, yeah. yeah. So you know, if I'm if I'm out there alone and I start to feel a bit sad, like I don't want to be here, well, you try you know, heat up a nice cup of coffee, something comfortable, yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, go away from the from the target, from the mission, and just think about, yeah. you know, something nice. Like I'll think about my dog. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that's and I guess that's how you know you keep it going and you keep pushing.
0: Yeah. So. I think a lot of people like if it, it's I, personally I think it's about setting yourself a goal, because I know a lot of people just go on about their lives without actually not really having any goals. They'll just kind of nine to five, you know, Monday to Friday, yeah, and just just do their own thing, without actually wanting to achieve anything. And don't yeah. get me wrong, in some instances that's okay, but personally, if you want, I feel if if you want to have a per, a a good sort of happy positive kind of life you need to like strive to some sort of goal and again mm. it i said this earlier it doesn't have to be you know climbing everest it doesn't have to be you know swimming wherever it for some people it's getting off their ass and, and going for a walk totally know? yeah or or like i said it could be anything like I said, it could be doing the jigsaw like i do yeah. but um yeah i, I, I suppose um that's that's kind of the main message for me it's like it's just do something don't 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 sit at home doing nothing because that that's going to probably make you worse yeah which you know is that's the sort of message i want to try and give to people um now my last question to you alex is if you could go on any adventure and in your instance i'll have to be outside of your family because i know you want to do something with your family and i'm sure i would who, who would you go with if you just bit one person and, and where would you go and what would you do and and, and i sorry one, one thing i will say is it can't be hiking or mountaineering because that's something that i know you do a lot of okay. something else
1: yeah so look i've um through my work with uh, the Antarctic heritage trust i i yeah. met a kayaker called mike dawson um, okay so he's one of new zealand's olympic kayakers and and we became quite okay. good friends um, and have gotten to a whole okay. bunch of We've done some interesting trips. I took him mountaineering um, and he took me kayaking around Stewart island, so it's a okay oh, yeah, like yeah. two hundred and fifty kilometer circumnavigation of of yeah. one of New Zealand's most southern most islands um, yeah. where I was wildly out of my depth yeah, i can yeah. I can kayak, but this was serious, like you know out there, big seas we were looking at the forecast, and there was six meter waves with high winds sort of. And I'm just going, "Oh yeah. my gosh, but I loved it it was it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I was terrified, but I loved it. Yeah, um, yeah And I'm really keen to do some more kayaking missions with with Mike, um, okay. and one of those which we've sort of pondered is is South Georgia um, in the, you know near okay, Antarctica, yeah yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and I have a very, very, very long way to go before that would happen, which is sort of what makes me yeah. so excited about it is there's so many skills I've got to learn so much strength I've got to gain um yep. and confidence really to get out there and, yeah. and of nowhere and, and do this second navigation
0: yeah absolutely I, I suppose at the moment with what's happening we can't really go anywhere so probably got a lot of time to sort of prepare prepare for the uh, for your challenge yeah but um that's that's uh so pretty pretty interested um I, like for me I've said this before but do you do you know Leveson Wood? Or heard of Leverson Wood? No, no. If I haven't. you haven't no, if you haven't uh, you'll have to uh google him. He's is right. an incredible guy. I've said this before. He's he's, he's like myself. He's an ex-military. Uh, uh he's he's British as well. Um and he's done things that you might if you have potentially heard of him. He's done things like walking the uh, walking the Himalayas, walking the Nile. Uh, he's wow. done yeah. Russia Russia to Iran uh, and, cool. uh loads of loads of other things um and he's just a cool guy like he's, he's you know he's like yourself he's a photographer and film uh that like videographer yeah. um and he tells his stories by you know photos and and just meeting people along the way and that's sort of something I like about him it's just there's no sort of like so for instance like bird Grylls. don't get me wrong he's a nice guy I've I've actually met him many many years ago yeah, uh, but he is quite eccentric like especially for you know for tv and stuff like that uh, don't get me wrong he does some stuff that are, like are interesting and, and and you know there's just lessons to be learned but he's quite he's quite extreme as in in the sense of being well, dr-
1: dramatic a, a, yeah yeah yeah
0: dramatic yeah so he he isn't so leveson isn't he's he's, he's very much just how he is like he, i've met him many a few years ago and you know talked to him about it and he is literally just how he is, so I, I highly recommend googling him. Um But, like I said, uh, thanks for chatting to us, mate. It's been I know I know um that it's been trying to get in touch with you and stuff like that. I know you're always out and about, so it, so it's a bit of a pain, yeah, but it's, so, it's all good. We got there in the <laughs> end. Uh, so yeah, like I said, I really appreciate it, mate. It's uh, it's been good. And as I say, my offer is always there if you're ever in the UK. I'll I, I quite happily say I'm sure you'll probably me more than anything up, up and down are very little sort of mountains that we have in the uk compared to new zealand and some of the other places you've been to oh, that but sounds, uh sounds like fantastic
1: i'm looking forward to oh, getting over there at some yeah. point
0: yeah absolutely it could be quite a while but <laughs> it, it, it'll happen one day and, and it's just about just about you know getting on with it and hopefully one day we will get back to relative sort of normality but as i say mate i really appreciate it uh it's been good chatting um and for always sort of like your social medias is, uh places where people can find you and, and keep up on your sort of travels and adventures
1: yeah I'm definitely um pretty active on Instagram um that'd yeah. be the, the place to see what I'm up to
0: yeah yeah awesome um yeah. so like I said appreciate it mate I'll put that in the description and make sure everyone can keep in t- touch with it or keep it you know an eye on what you're doing awesome. and uh again For for myself, you know, keep an eye on what I'm doing on my podcast. I've got my uh, YouTube now and and my Instagram, etc. I'll put all that in the description. And uh, if I don't catch you soon, I'll catch you on this flip side.